the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. I'm Mark Howington. You're listening to Life in Colorado. Jenny Dean Schmidt is my guest today. And Jenny, you are the host of a program called Channel Mom. But there's a lot that got you from where you used to be to where you are now ministering to mothers and especially reaching out to those moms who are struggling, those moms who need encouragement, those moms who need help. Um, Obviously, that's part of your heart now. But let's go back a little ways. Let's go back to maybe some days when you were on the air. You were a television news announcer, is that right, reporter? Reporter and then a, a quote-unquote fill-in anchor. Okay. I was never a full-time anchor. All right. You were finding some great success in that industry, though. I, I, thank you for calling it great. <laughs> um, I, I did some cool things. When I was in college, I got to do an internship with BBC Television, and I think I was the first American intern ever at BBC in London, and they didn't really know what to do with me, but I went over there so that I could write a fellowship and study how they worked, and, and I was an ambitious kid. I, I was one of those people that wrote informational um, interview letters all the time seeking um, to, to get to know uh, program directors and, and news directors and stuff, just constantly out there trying to get where I could in media. And so that international fellowship in, in London was a really cool thing. And then right out of college, I worked for ABC News in Washington, D.C. Um, and I think, you know, maybe I parlayed that BBC thing into them being a little more impressed and maybe being willing to hire me. And I also had a great connection from the college I went to. So I, I that's what I did early on. And then uh, slowly did the thing where you go from market to market to market and you go, and I actually went from from a market 164, which is Palm Springs, California, to a market 13, which is Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, and in Cleveland, I was blessed. Um, I had people who just uh, decided to to let me go for it, and I said I wanted to report on politics because I had worked in politics for three years in the Southern California market. And so they said, all right, be a political reporter. And so they sent me to the political conventions. They let me, you know, uh, go to political functions. And, and um, as, as you would see in my bio, I, I was able to interview two presidents, although I don't think I actually interviewed either one of those when I was in Cleveland. One was in a press conference. One was a sit-down interview. And, and so they kind of let me go for it and, and, and um, do political reporting, which m- made me, um, I don't know, get to be or appear a little more sophisticated maybe. And, and I was appreciative of that, that they didn't just kind of demean me because I came from a small market. And I got to learn a heck of a lot. You know, I got I got to see a history unfold and be a part of it. You know what I mean? And what a privilege and what an honor. So yes, I suppose that's successful. <laughs> um, and, I, and I got to report on OJ Simpson when I was at NBC in Palm Springs. Um, and, and just, you know, sort of, as I said, be exposed to history, watch history unfold, interview history makers. And man, do I feel like I was privileged to be able to do that stuff. About what time in your life was that? What, what years? 
Um, this is going to age me. So everybody get ready. Uh, I was, I was doing that in the late eighties, early nineties and, or, or, I mean, uh, through the nineties and then the early two thousands. So that part of your life then must've been very whirlwind, must've been a lot of, um, well, one of the things that I've, I've come to find out about your ministry channel mom is that you like to tell women about their value. So what, t- talk about the value you felt during that time in your life. Where did it come from? From being on TV? <laughs> from all the wrong places. Um, let me just give you a quick one-minute elevator speech about my life uh, growing up. And, and that is a, that I grew up in an educated family, a sophisticated family. Um, my dad was actually a theologian. But they did not have any kind of a conservative biblical faith in, in, in God or Jesus. Um, they were more intellectual about their approach to the meaning of life. And so that's how I grew up. I, I went through a couple childhood traumas. I was actually, believe it or not, dragged by a car for a mile and a half. I had meningitis and they didn't know if I would live or die. So, so I had some things that made me sort of a scared little girl, even though I was a gregarious little girl. I was super talkative just the way I am now. Um, but, but I grew up with kind of... Uh, a floundering um, perception of, of what it's all for. Okay. So I didn't have a specific faith as I was growing up. I kind of, you know, I sort of believed in God, but I wasn't guided in that as I was growing up. So as a result, I looked for my meaning in some of the wrong places. And so I, I wanted to do two things when I grew up. One was marry my nursery school sweetheart, which I did. I've known my husband since I was four years old. Um, I like to say we used to sleep on nursery school mats next to each other. Now we get to sleep <laughs> in a great big bed. Don't No more nursery school mats. And then I also wanted to be a TV reporter, and I got to become a TV reporter. Mm. But let me say, I think I got my value from what other people thought of me. And I thought that I was all that in a bag of chips, as they used to say in the 90s, um, because I was on TV. And back when I was on TV, that was the only game in town. There was no YouTube or Internet or you know, smartphones or so, so if you were on TV, people knew who you were often. And so I got a lot of, um, I don't know, pride out of that, but I was very dependent on it. I thought, you know, people know who I am and they think I'm a big deal because I'm on TV. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, really, honestly, whoop-de-doo. But I took myself seriously because I thought other people took me myself seriously Mm. or took me seriously. This is Life in Colorado. Jenny Dean Schmidt is my guest, uh, host of Channel Mom. You're talking about the days when you were on TV and you were gaining a lot of your importance that way. You went through a transition, though. Talk about that. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is where we get serious. Um, I was on television in Cleveland for three years and things were going well. I was uh, filling in for anchors and and kind of high profile and um, getting to report on a lot of things I wanted to report on, as I said. Um, And then uh, I suddenly realized that I wanted to have a baby. Now, mind you, when my husband and I got married and the minister asked what our plans were and, and so on, we both said we didn't think we wanted to have children. So suddenly at about age 32, I looked at my husband and said, hold on, I want a baby, which he was surprised by. And we had to go through, it wasn't easy. We had to go through some infertility treatments and things like that. But I did get pregnant. And uh, and glory be to God, I had our first child, a son named Otis. Uh, the birth was actually pretty traumatic. Um, they weren't sure if he would live or die. Uh, you know, they were worried about the whole situation for a while. But it all worked out, and he was good to go, and um, I'm very grateful that I became a mama at that point in my life. But not long after I became a mom, a new news director came on board in Cleveland and did not re-sign me. So I was done with television, and that is where I lost my sense of purpose, my sense of self-worth, 
my meaning, my religion, I like to say. I, it was my religion in many ways, being on TV. Um, and, and so I went into about a year and a half of postpartum depression. And just I, I just thought that my life was now worthless, that nobody thought I was special anymore. Nobody thought I was important. My dreams were over. Um, and I just felt very dark about life. And depression runs in my family. So I, I was truly in a bad place and, and feeling sort of dark about life. Uh, fortunately, I didn't feel bad about our son. I, I loved my baby very much. But I still sort of felt blue about everything to do with with life it, to the point where I'd say, you know, I'd look at my, my son and I'd say, he's just going to die one day and mm-hmm. I'm just going to die and have to leave him. I mean, everything seemed sad to me. Um, in the midst of that, we, we moved to Denver and, and I got a job here at Channel 4 in Denver part time because something was changing in me. I realized I wanted to raise my baby from home if I could and, and stay home more. So I, I worked part time at the TV station and, and part time um, raising our first child. Um, but 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 here's the story about what what changed for me, and I, and and I'm going to take some liberties here. I know not everybody gets the Jesus thing, and I know not everybody uh, believes in God. But this is what happened for me, and it's it's a quick story. Um, I was feeling v- very depressed and and sad about life, and not sure how much longer I could live this way. And I was reaching the end of myself. I would I, I wouldn't call myself suicidal, but I didn't really want to live feeling the way I was feeling. So I remember one day in the midst of this, I said, I'm going to get over me. I'm, I'm so tired of thinking about myself and feeling bad. Um, I want to do something that gets me outside of myself. So I volunteered for a special Olympics. I think it was May 2nd of nine or 2000, maybe. Um, and love those people. And I, I thought if I am not cheered up by the, the participants in that, those events, I don't know what can cheer me up. So I went and, I, and it did not cheer me up. And I remember walking around a garden with my son, maybe in a backpack or a stroller and, and talking to, to my vague idea of God and saying, I, you have to rescue me. I can't live like this anymore. And then I believe it was the same day I went to my parents' home and they weren't there. And I think my son was asleep in, a, in the car seat or something. I went into my parents' master bathroom and threw myself on their floor mm-hmm. and uh, alone in the house. I remember thinking something like, I don't care if my sophisticated, educated family thinks this is stupid. I'm just going to cry out and, and call on the name of Jesus. So I said, Jesus, will you please save me? And I got up. I went back to our little home um, up in the mountains and uh, opened the house and went upstairs to change my son. My husband not, was not home yet. He was also volunteering at the Special Olympics. So went up, began to change my son um, in diaper change. He was about one and a half. Flicked on the radio in the middle of it. And mind you, I said I wasn't a Christian yet, so I didn't listen to Christian mu- music. Um, so I flicked on the radio, was changing my son in the middle of the changing, he reached up for me to, to, to hug me. And I thought, well, this is weird. He's never done this before. And plus he's a boy. So there's something to worry about there as you're hugging that baby. So I went down to hug him and then pulled myself back up to finish the change. That process repeated itself three or four times. And I remember the very last time where he reached up to hold me. He's Mm. one and a half. Mm. So he doesn't have a lot of words yet. And so he's reaching up insistent on bringing me down to get a hug from him. And I remember thinking, truly, this is so odd. He looks like a man. Like mm. there's something about his eyes and his strength and his wisdom that it's like he's suddenly very mature and he, he's got the wisdom and strength of a man. And so I thought, I guess I'll just let him hold me in his arms. So I bent down and just let my son hold me in his arms. 
And as that little baby boy was breathing quietly, just holding his mom in his arms, I, be- I began to listen to the song that was on the radio. And the song that was on the radio was What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And the words to that song are, in his arms, mm. he will take and hold thee. You will find your solace there. And I believed something like I've never believed it, you know, before or, or, or since. I mean, in that moment, I knew that Jesus was answering my prayer, that he was insisting on holding me through the arms of a baby boy, much like 2000 years ago, and in giving me that song. Mm. And, and, and I stood up, I think I had tears in my eyes. And I said, if I don't believe it tomorrow, I believe it today. Jesus met me in the middle. And, and that changed everything for me. Suddenly, the, the false light of television was exposed as false, and, and God began to put his true light in me and, and the value that I have as a child of God raising his children. And that is when I began to tune in to, to how much he values motherhood and how much uh, importance we hold, whether we walk a red carpet or are on a TV screen or not. He values the women that are raising up his children. That's quite a story. One of the things that I know is true about you, and I think true about a lot of people, is that when they get a passion for reaching out to other people, a lot of times it's born out of the pain they've experienced and the hope that they they find. And obviously, uh, your program that's on the radio is called Channel Mom, but your organization does much more than that. Uh, Talk about how you got from that moment where you found what you're calling Jesus love through your son to what you do now in terms of reaching out to moms. How did you transition to there? Well, I did have a great deal of pain, not only from my depression, but from feeling like I had lost my sense of significance and that nobody thought I was important anymore. People wanted my autograph when I was a TV reporter, but when I would walk in the grocery store as quote unquote, just a mom, nobody was asking for my autograph. So I thought this is a travesty that is unfolding all across our nation, that women are honored much more in their nine to five or celebrity position or uh, their, for their salary or for what dress size they wear, you know, for how skinny they are, whatever it is. We're valuing women for, for everything but their motherhood. And, and, and they feel insignificant in their motherhood often, unless they have a great husband or a great church or something that is reminding them how important they are. So I thought, I um, am suffering from feeling like I'm not important anymore just because I'm not on TV. But I am important as a mom. And I need to tell every mom in America and across the world that she's important as a mother. She's raising up that next generation. The world is depending on her to do it well. So I, I thought, I got to do something in the media. I got to go back to the media and, and love on moms and encourage moms and remind them of their importance and the importance of their job. So slowly this unfolded as I was also being a stay-at-home mom. And kudos to my husband. He, he went from being a teacher to an administrator so that he could make a salary that allowed me to stay at home. Not everybody gets to do that, I know. Um, and I'm not somebody that says, you got to be a stay-at-home mom to be a good mom. So, but just that was my honor that I got to do that. But so I began building Channel Mom. God gave me that name in the middle of the night. And, and slowly it, it became media, it became radio here in Denver. We started on sports talk radio. God has a sense of humor. Yes. There we were with 80% male listenership. Um, and I started there and then slowly made way, way to Salem. And I had Salem uh, written on a whiteboard for, for years because this is where I wanted to land. And, uh, you know, we've been on KRKS for five years now, I believe. And you can find us at 1 p.m. on Fridays and uh, 7 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on Saturdays. And we do all kinds of interviews uh, that you'll be interested in with with famous and infamous or unfamous people Um, and it's a lot of advice and information and love and encouragement for mothers and it's just a a, a terrific show for the mom and the family Um, but I sort of felt like we needed to be doing more than just media 
And one day as I was in prayer, God showed me a picture of a wagon wheel. Um, and he said, Channel Mom Media is the hub. And, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, does a hub ever touch the ground? And I said, no, it doesn't. And he said, yeah, you need to have spokes that go out and touch the ground. So I initially partnered with other programs and thought, there are spokes. There we go. We can, we can promote other programs. But, but slowly I began to realize that we were supposed to, to offer our own programs. So, so three things were laid on my heart to, to serve mothers in. One was just something called Channel Mom Coffees, where, where we just get moms together wherever we can. I, I would like it to expand across the rest of the country, but mostly it's been in Denver and in the mountain area. And moms come together for fellowship, to be loved on, to hear a speaker, to, to get a little treat, et cetera, just to be reminded of how important they are as a mother and get advice in that capacity. Secondly, we started uh, – uh, something we called Homestretch Moms. It's our Channel Mom Homeless Outreach, where we assign a mentor to a mom who's transitioning out of homelessness to teach her a curriculum provided by the Denver Rescue Mission to get her back on her feet, to keep her away from her old bad lifestyle, potentially, to, to, to help her with budgeting, to help her with parenting, whatever we can do to help her successfully transition back into a life where she's not homeless with her children anymore. And I think we've had something like six or seven out of our eight moms successfully transition into long-term living outside of a a shelter with the homeless that's actually a great percentage of success yeah yes yeah. thus far yeah and it's all because of god's help then finally and and this is the program i, I think i'm most sentimental about or or, or driven by and that is our prison program I began to realize that we are handing a legacy from parent to child down in this country, that if your parents and child, I'm sorry, if your parent is in prison as a child, you are so much more likely to end up in prison yourself. So I thought, what if we go into prisons and encourage those moms and give them a curriculum to get them to reengage with their kids and not feel shame and not feel like their kids don't want them back and not feel like they've got no right to parent and reengage them with their children and, and find forgiveness and hope and healing so that when they are released or even if they're staying in prison they can be engaging their kids those kids need moms who still um love them parent them are in their lives or those kids are more likely to end back up in, or end up in prison themselves so that's our channel mom prison outreach and i'm super excited about that program as well look i just you know i i love motherhood i love being a mom on myself my kids are now 21 and 17 love 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 it feels so honored and privileged to be a mom but i love mothers period and i want every mom whether she's in prison or homeless or or just you know doing a nine to five and and working in in the city um or a mom out in the country i want every mom to know how important she is so Given your story, and by the way, this is Life in Colorado. Jenny Dean Schmidt is my guest. She's the host of Channel Mom, heard on KRKS. And your life that led you to this point of wanting to reach out to moms, what would you say now to a mom who perhaps feels overwhelmed with motherhood or feels like, as you did, that she's not valued just because she's a mom. Or, and she needs resources. She needs encouragement. She needs help. She needs, she needs some, something that she's pulling her hair out and she doesn't know what to do or where, where to turn for help. What would you say to that mom? First of all, I, I would say check yourself because I think one reason you're feeling overwhelmed and underappreciated is because you're believing the culture and you're not believing God. And I would say that, that God sees the value in every single mom as she is doing sacrificing and, and giving and, and contributing and, and driving and cooking and cleaning and, and hugging and holding and teaching. I mean, she is literally raising up life um, to, to serve our world well. 
So I, I just want her to be reminded it's not what our culture thinks our culture thinks of her. It's her actual inherent value as she's raising up that next generation. But then beyond that, we all need reminders. I can't tell you how many times I felt like a loser in sweatpants when I was at home with unbrushed hair, you know, picking banana peels up off the floor. And, and my kids weren't saying, thank you, mom. Aren't you wonderful? You know, I, I needed accolades and appreciation as well. So I get it. So I would say a couple of things. I'd be honored to chat with you. I, I can't tell you how many moms over the years that I've counseled on the phone and just said, love you. Let me tell you how important you are. Um, so find me at channel mom at Gmail and, and you and I can have a phone, you know, give me your phone number and so on. I'll, I'll give, have a phone chat with you. I'll pray for you. I'll do whatever you want. And by the way, you don't have to be a believer in God to get help from channel mom. That's just where I come from. Um, find us at channelmom.com and you can see links to all kinds of resources, resources for single moms, resources for moms who have children with uh, dis- disabled. Well, how do we say that now? Differently abled. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of resources for moms we have there, links to those resources. Uh, you can find out how to get linked up to our resources. You can find out how to listen to our show and be encouraged by our show. Uh, Mops International is a great place for moms of preschoolers. You look up MOPS.org. They do fabulous things to remind the mom of how important she is. So that's that's one of the things that's on your website. And, and what's that address? Channel Mom. Dot com. Okay. You have a list of resources there. Your radio program, you have interviewed people from organizations. You mentioned MOPS, for mm-hmm. example. Lisa Morgan was the president of that. President Emerita, I think. Is, yes, is that's right. Very good, now. Mark. And uh, so not only her, but you've also interviewed many people who have many resources to offer. So that's a list at your website. How do moms access that? Um, when you go, oh my goodness, I should know my own menu, but there's, there's a place where it says how you can listen. Okay. So you can go to all of our past podcasts and we have some really cool people back in the day when the Duggars were a big deal that, you know, 19 kids and counting, they were on the show a lot. Um, I've had Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's daughter on the show and, um, just some very notable people that you would know if you went and you say, oh, I, I know this person. I'll, I'll listen to that interview. But I also have a ton of experts and a ton of moms with incredible stories that will encourage other moms. But but expert advice on all kinds of things, on different kinds of parenting, on marriage, um, on, on schooling right now in particular. We had an education series recently. Just every, every kind of subject that's going to serve the mom. And they can just go and they can look at listen and then our resources and our blogs and everything else is listed there as well. You can read some of my blogs or some of our guest bloggers blogs and and be encouraged. So, again, if if there's a mom listening right now and she's thinking, yeah, I like what I'm hearing. What is the best way to connect with your organization to get some help, encouragement? You mentioned these coffees, which I imagine a lot of our listeners might be more have more access to. I, I don't know if we have many listeners in prison, but yeah. we might. We, I mean, yeah, it's possible. Or they've and got it, a sister in prison. And, yeah. and so let's cover all the bases then. So you've got a mom who perhaps would like to have coffee with you or like to have a phone conversation that, that you mentioned. How would she contact you? Well, um, even though we're growing and, and, and we're now syndicated, the show is syndicated, which is cool. So we're in more markets than Denver. Um, I always love to bless moms face to face if I can. And it's not because I'm amazing. It's because God's amazing, and I and I hopefully am equipped to, to to help them. So channel mom at Gmail is a way to get a hold of us. Um, they can go to channelmom.com and they can find links to all of our different resources and programs and coffees and things like there at, at that at channelmom.com. Um, 
I we I, I will say we also need volunteers. And if a mom or a grandma is listening and thinks, I would love to get involved in this and, and encourage other moms or go into prisons or, or help a homeless mom or whatever, um, I would love it if they'd, they'd find me and reach out and say they want to volunteer. Um, and we could always use donations. I know this is a tough time, but we could always use donations yes. as well. And obviously the prison ministry, the homeless ministry, has probably been sidelined with COVID right now. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if it's the Denver Rescue Mission that is providing you with the names of moms. So. That we get linked up to. And then we work with the Denver Women's Correctional Facility. When, when we are going to go back, we'll be in that facility to minister to moms there. All right. Jenny Dean Schmidt, it's been a pleasure. Again, give people your website before we say so long. Channelmom.com. And Mark, I so appreciate your wonderful questions and, and letting me, allowing me to be on your show. Thanks for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.